Thanks for listening to this Vision Australia Radio podcast. Before we get started, how would you like to have your say in what we do on Vision Australia Radio, plus have the chance to win a $100 gift card? What do you like about our radio and podcast service? Where are you tuning in from? How many podcasts do you listen to? What's your favourite? These are just some of the questions in our annual listener survey. So help us shape the future of Vision Australia Radio and have the chance to win one of five $100 Coles gift cards. Terms and conditions apply. See varadio.org and click on the homepage link to take part. varadio.org. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Tech, this edition available from October the 17th, 2023. I'm Stephen Jolly. Great to have you with us wherever you're listening, perhaps through Vision Australia Radio, Associated Stations of RPH Australia, or maybe the Community Radio Network. There is also the podcast. If you haven't caught up with that yet, all you need to do is search for the two words Talking Tech, and down it can all come, usually on a Tuesday afternoon, just after it's been produced. Another option is to ask your Siri device or smart speaker to play Vision Australia Radio Talking Tech Podcast. Vision Australia Radio Talking Tech Podcast. With me, someone who can explain all this tech stuff really well, Vision Australia's National Advisor on Access Technology, David Woodbridge. David, did you have a good white cane day last Sunday? I actually did have a a good white cane day because I actually do have a little ID cane, um, so it's not a proper mobility cane, so the tiny little cane that I've got in my over-the-shoulder bag, or my tech bag as I like to call it, and it's just a just-in-case type cane if I need sort of a bit of a, a thing to take out and, and, you know, have a look at what's around me, so to speak, via touch. And the reason why I mentioned that particular bit is because the, the, the couple of keywords for International White Cane Day that was October 15th was about clearing the way. And, of course... If you're a traditional cane user, you know what it's like when you walk down a footpath, particularly in an inner city area, and you've got people with tables and chairs and people sitting around and they've got their bags on the ground. Then you've got the signage outside of some shops. Um, You've got people that park their cars across the driveway. You've got overhanging branches on footpaths, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's a really good reminder, particularly on the the Guide Dogs website, uh, which I referenced in the the show notes, it's a good reminder for the general public to start thinking about what sort of things they may be able to do to clear the way a little bit better for people that are actually using a cane. So, you know, one of the things that I hate about using a white cane is the fact that you're still going to hit your head um, or have contact branches above you. There's nothing worse than you know, walking up behind a car that's parked on a a footpath or across the driveway Um, and, you know, trying to get past a cafe that's really busy with people sitting out on the footpath, it's almost impossible. You really almost feel like thinking, well, I might just go and walk on the road and play off the traffic. (laughs) Um, So, but I think it was a really good reminder because it had this little quiz on the page that is basically take this quiz and uh, give yourself a, a, a bit of a point system on how good you are at maybe thinking about clearing the way. So I quite like this um, idea and it really brings it home to me and hopefully the general community about making life that just that little bit easier from you know being a bit more conscious of what you're doing. And on the flip side, it's a great celebration of our capacity to be able to get out there in the world, move around independently with dog or cane and do mm. lots of other things independently too. Quite right, Stephen. I mean, it's the cane for such a simple tool makes our lives hugely independent these days, as, as always. Last week, we started talking about 
tactile braille graphics devices, in particular the Monarch. Mm. You've had a play with one. So let's go back and uh, just explain exactly what it is physically and functionally and what your experience Mm. has been. So I've literally got the Monarch right in front of me on the table here. What it is, it's a braille graphics tablet with a braille Perkins style input keyboard. So that's literally what it looks like. And for size wise, if you know how big, say a 15 inch laptop is, and if you can imagine, it's a probably about, uh, I'd say about five centimeters thick, um, then that's the sort of the size of the actual Monarch. So what you've got to have to think about the fact that is on the top face of the Monarch, taking up most of the area, you've got the, the multi-line Braille display, if you like, which is really a graphics tablet. It's made up of lots and lots of little dots called Braille when they raise up. Um, and so I can produce both Braille because it's a tactile thing and, of course, graphics. Now, at the moment, I've got the main menu for the Monarch on the screen. Uh, and then, of course, when I go into one of the functions, I can have diagrams shown and, and so on. Now, what they've done, which I think is really cool with the Monarch, is they've got these really cool controls for you to move, say, by 10 lines at a time. So if you're reading a multi-line Braille document, which I've got in front of me as well, then when you get to the bottom of it, you want to press your, you know, your advanced key, if you like, to jump another 10 lines or jump 10 lines back, which is really cool. And then they've got another function, which is basically using your arrow keys. And in that way, you can go left, right, up or down, either in when you're in a, a Braille graphics, a tactile graphic, or when you're on one of the multi-line uh, documents and so on. And then what's really cool, Stephen, are these keys down the bottom. And I love these keys. They're the zoom in and zoom out keys, which is if you're familiar with pictures, you zoom in or you zoom out to make a picture smaller or larger. So what you can do is uh, if you go into the uh, Braille tactile graphics library and you bring up a tactile image, you go, oh, that looks like an atomic cell with, you know, your protons and electrons and that sort of stuff. And then if you zoom it out, you can look into the actual atomic structure of an atom and you can with again those arrow keys you can go left right up or down you can again zoom in and zoom out Um, another great example that i love to use with the monarch is i've got a thing called moon phases and it's the phases of the moon so you've got like a waxing gibbous and you know full moon and so on now when you bring the default uh tactile up it's in sort of like thumbnail images and as soon as you hit the zoom out button You've got these really, really cool shapes of the moon, and they're all labelled in Braille, so you've got like full moon and, like I said, a waxing gibbous and so on. But, of course, that's not all going to fit on this Braille display, so and that's why you have to zoom around with the arrow keys as well. And, of course, one of the things I haven't mentioned that I mentioned briefly in the beginning, I said it's got a Perkins-style keyboard, so right in front of me down the bottom of the top face, I've got my traditional 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 Braille keys, space bar, and, of course, your, your dot .7 and dot .8. And then right at the front of the Braille display on the front face, facing me, so it's the side, it's facing me, is your traditional back, home, and recent buttons, because this tablet is actually based on Android. And I left this to the last, is it's actually based on Keysoft. So if you know how to use Keysoft on 
your Brilliant Braille display or on your Braille Note Touch, then I'm going to say that you'll very quickly be able to pick up the Monarch because if I read down the list here, I've got the Braille Editor for doing multi-line Braille editing, the Tactile Viewer for viewing tactile graphics, the Word Processor for plugging in or using the Braille keyboard to do your standard documents and so on. So really amazing. And then port-wise, I can plug this into a HDMI monitor. So anything that's on the uh, on the Monarch comes up on a monitor. Like I just said, I can plug it in a standard USB-A or a USB-C keyboard. I can also plug in a USB stick if I also want. And I've I've got also got volume keys because this thing also talks to me as well. And of course, if you've got volume with internal speakers, you've also got an external headphone jack. Battery wise, this thing lasts for, well, I think at the moment they're saying about 10 hours. I get about 20 hours out of this thing at the moment. And just a note, this thing is still in private beta amongst organizations around the world, which is why Vision Australia has got one. And we're still looking at a release date towards the end of 2024. So that's the Monarch. That's going to be available uh, from Humanware, isn't it, in Australia? It is going to be available from Humanware in Australia, yes. And it'll probably, it'll probably be also available from, um, from Vision Australia, but we haven't got that far yet on our planning. What sort of money are we looking at and where are these devices going to live? Because they're not going to live in people's homes. The price in US dollars is floating somewhere between 20000 to 30000 US. Um, so where these, play, where these things are going to end up, I would imagine, Stephen, it's going to be like the original Kurzweil reading machine that we saw originally appear in the state libraries in different states of Australia. So I would assume that these are going to appear in so those sort of places like libraries, um, higher education, so universities, TAFEs, and hopefully with skills that I guess would want to share one from a main office, those sort of situations, particularly people who want to do science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Mm. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out over the next few years, really. Mm. Now, you've got a little bit of advice for people who are purchasing their cane, their long cane online. I didn't actually realise this because by accident, I've been getting a, a cane that I've ordered online with a tip already on it. Uh, so I, I've always assumed, as I don't know if most people do, that when you buy a, a white cane, um, it actually comes with a tip, but they don't. So depending on the certain brand of cane you get, um, and because there's a few of them, I, I won't go into the into the different brands because I'll confuse people. But so the thing is, when you buy your, you know, your 54 inch or your 56 inch cane, whatever it might be, um, make sure in the description that it actually says it comes with a tip because I think about two thirds of our canes don't. So that means that you'll have to also order a tip. Now, the tricky bit about that is, and if you're not sure about this, this is why you need an O&M person, orientation mobility instructor, or talk to the person face-to-face in their shop. Because I don't know myself what's what be available for a, like a cane that maybe had as a hook tip, um, a screw on one and so on. So just be careful if you're a traditional cane user and you think, oh, look, you know, I don't know to go into a shop or talk to anybody else, order one online. Well, that's all hunky-dory, but just make sure that you get one that has a tip on it or go into your local Vision Australia office and say, I'd like to buy a replacement cane. Uh, I'm going to buy a new one. Uh, do I need to buy a tip? And quite most of the time is that the person will also be able to assist you in fitting the tip onto the cane. So at least that way, when you walk out of the shop door, um, you know the cane's up and running, ready to go. 
A very interesting provider of technology from the United States, but their products are available all around the world, mm. is AT Guys. Tell us about the VersaSlate. I love the AT Guys because they're always bringing in interesting and new technology, particularly for, for people who are blind. So the VersaSlate is for people that know what a hand slate is, and that's, of course, where you use your stylus to push out pins onto a piece of paper and you take it apart, flip the, flip the thing over, and then you can read the Braille. Sometimes called a braille frame. Yeah, apparently we call it a braille frame in Australia. Um, apparently the US and Europe are a bit more trendy and they call it the slate. But you, when you use this one, they're actually magnetic pins. So you push the pins out again with a, a, a stylus, but there's no paper involved. So when you flip it over on the, the, the back of the, the versus slate, the braille comes up. And then, of course, when you're finished, you can just flatten all the pins with your hand or your fingers flip it back over and effectively start brailing again with the stylus. Very interesting. And mm. how much are those? They're about $170 Australian. Um, I've got mine. It's always next to my desk because sometimes when I don't have access to my you know, my smartphone or my computer, um, particularly when I'm just taking down a, a reference number or a phone number, I just grab it and start you know, brailing on the, on the versus slate, so to speak. Another product from AT Guys, the Hable One. We, ha- we have mentioned this on the show before. This is the eight dot braille input keyboard so if you think of a braille cell with dots one two three down left hand side four five six down the other and then normally dot seven would be on the left hand side next to dot three and dot eight would be on the right hand side next to dot six and that is your braille input keyboard so not only can you use a combination of those keys to actually produce braille letters and so on but you can also use combinations to navigate around your smartphone Uh, so you know smartphone or tablet and because it is such a tiny device uh, you can simply basically hold in your hand when you finish with it pop it back in your pocket and off you go so it's such a nice little device to use uh, that every time I see it or a different organization bring it on board for sale we always like to mention it just before we go a reminder of where there are details of what you've been talking about in this and previous editions of the program. As always, the information's on my blog site, which is davidwoodbr.podbean.com. davidwoodbr.podbean.com to write to the program. You can write to me at Vision Australia where I work, which is david.woodbridge at visionaustralia.org david.woodbridge at visionaustralia.org This has been Talking Tech. With me has been Vision Australia's National Advisor on Access Technology, David Woodbridge. I'm Stephen Jolly. Take care. We'll talk more tech next week. See you. Thanks for listening to this Vision Australia radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Visit varadio.org for more. Vision Australia Radio. Blindness. Low vision. Opportunity.